I'm Jason Holcomb, and this is Episode 7 of Jason's Journal. Well, if you don't know me, let me reintroduce myself to you. I'm Jason Holcomb. I live here in west-central Minnesota, Morris to be precise, and I've been diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome since about 1995, so about 26 years of being on the autism spectrum, and that has certainly shaped my life in so many ways and for better or for worse, it has given me a unique look at the world. And in each episode of Jason's Journal, well, besides the one uh, talking about myself in the first one, well, I, ta- I talk about my experiences with certain subjects and how uh, my autism may impact that and how it, uh, those subjects may have impacted me in my life. For example, a quick recap, we talked about sports, how I used to be meh towards sports and then liking it some more, but still not 100% traditional in the way of sports uh, world uh, orthodoxy. Also, we talked about food and how that could impact people on the spectrum. We also talked about music, not so much about autism, but just the personal journey of music. Also, we talked about social skills, big subject in the world of autism. And then we talked about something I was good at in the last episode. We talked about art. And that does have some uh, crossover with autism, but at the same time, it you know it's something that uh, always been a part of me personally, and I just wanted to talk about my uh, journey, uh, journey with autism or, and art in the last episode. And now we talk about today. Well, we're going to talk about pets, and I know if you've been keeping track, this episode just comes barely a day, day or two after the last episode. Well. There's uh, several reasons for that. The first off, I know it's just a couple of days after the first one, but the first one, I just wanted to get it uh, done opening up at midnight because, you know, new month, new episode, something different. And two, I don't always, uh, I don't want to try to have a super rigid schedule. I mean, mean, uh, back in the day, I was super rigid about my schedule, but nowadays I'm more like, meh. Uh, I mean, I as long as I get my things done on time and pretty quickly, I'm pretty okay with it. And uh, another reason is because, you know, when I came up with this episode earlier this afternoon, I'm just like, 
whoa, I got to keep the momentum going and brainstorming this episode. I I don't want to postpone it and then, you know, like have something come into my life that just ruins the energy for it, you know, like something annoying or something disheartening, you know, you just, you got to, you just want to get the thing done while you still have that energy, while you still have that train of thought. And that's uh, basically why I do things like, uh, uh, doing episodes on an unorthodox uh, release schedule, and I guess probably the biggest reason is I'm impatient. You know, if I wanna, if I'm excited about something, I want to get it done right away. And it's the same for you know wanting to send something early to a friend for a birthday or for Christmas. You know, I don't care if it's on their day on their birthday or. Um, right on Christmas Day, I want them to enjoy it. I want to see their reaction to it. I want to want them to be happy. I just use that as, a, as an example. Obviously, we're not talking about Christmas or anything about that uh, for today's episode. But I'm just giving you my rationale for uh, opening uh, a new episode so soon after the last episode. And by the way, we did start this whole series with two episodes back to back, like right next to each other, released at the same time. So it's not like we're setting a bad precedent. If some people would just say, oh, why do you do it so weirdly? Why is it not on a rigid schedule? Nobody I know, but somebody you know online might comment that on another show. I'm just like, whatever. I have ultimate control over this show, so I will release it when I damn well want to. And uh, just a heads up for this episode, um, some parts of it will get a little emotional because um, I, uh, because I planned it out to be that way, and I will be cursing a little bit more. I'll not try. I'll try not to. Well, I'll definitely try not to drop the f bomb. But um, you know, the there is a segment of this uh, episode that is just pretty emotional for me, and I just don't think I can hold myself back uh, totally. Okay, so now let's talk about pets. Well, everybody has pets, or most everybody has pets, you know. If they want to have pets, then they have pets. And, uh, you know, some people don't have pets. Some people don't like animals, or some people are allergic to certain animals, and that's okay. Uh, We can't have, uh, you can't expect to have everybody, you know, follow the same pattern of having a dog, having a cat, having a nice house, because not everybody's going to have that opportunity or have that desire. But I think pets are just a wonderful thing and I've grown up with animals in my life uh, growing up on a farm near uh, Princeburg near Wilmer Minnesota and I guess in the last episode I said uh, I grew up in Wilmer no I grew up around Wilmer I should have clarified that but anyway I grew up on a farm we had lots of dogs well we had a lot more cats and dogs but we had a few dogs and um, you know they were just a big impact on me because, you know, being socially awkward, and this is not just my, um, you know, this is not just me, uh, my uh, story. This is the story of other people, you know, that if they feel awkward or isolated, don't have friends, they find friends in their furry uh, family, you know, their furry loved ones, their dogs, their cats, or maybe their scaly loved ones, like their snakes and turtles and tortoises. And those are valid pets as well. And we'll discuss those at the end of the episode or near the end of the episode. But we're going to talk about the big two, dogs and cats, because it seems like when it comes to pets, everybody thinks dogs and cats, which is a good reason because they are the most common. And we'll touch on dogs and cats in just a moment. But 
Another reason why I wanted to talk about pets is because they can be very important for somebody on the autism spectrum. As uh, you know, I mentioned before, a pet can be a great way for somebody to have, uh, you know, somebody to talk to, to love with, to take care of. And well, you know, that's not just on the spectrum. Uh, there's people who are not on the spectrum who, who their biggest superhero in their life is their dog or cat. In fact, uh, that's going to be the that's the cover of this uh, episode is a cartoon that I saw. Uh, it's called The Best Superhero, and it's a dog in a cape. And he's like in the cartoon, he says, I am super dog. I does the saving. And then the human comes by all distraught. He's like, today has been so stressful. Dog gets the idea, runs up, gives him a love, gives him some loving. And he's like, I did the save because, you know, that's what pets do. Uh, they they can just rescue you from some pretty bad days or help rescue you. You know, maybe not take it all away, all the pain, but certainly help. And I think that's a great way. I think a lot of people on the autism spectrum uh, certainly benefit with pets. And I've seen so many articles online about helping kids with providing calm and protection, you know, with cats or dogs, depending on what they like, that uh, pets are such, you know, a wonder, uh, wonderful are such wonderful companions. Okay, and now let's talk about cats or dogs. And there's always that big question. It's pretty controversial. And, well, as far as controversies go, I'm pretty well equipped to deal with it because it's not, it is controversial, like, what's the big debate? Who's better? But at the same time, it's not, like, so polarizing. It just, you know, gets people fist fighting or anything like that. So what is it for me, cats or dogs? And I would say... Both. I love them both equally because they are uh, both uh, creatures are, you know, different. They have their own different uh, positives, their own different negatives. But I do got to say, I did not like dogs much at first. That's because ties into over century. I did not like the smell of dogs or the feeling of certain dogs' rough fur. I always preferred the, you know, the smooth feeling of, of a kitty, you know, their fur. But I've grown out of it quickly grew out of it not too uh, not too far along and now I love dogs pretty much uh, equally as cats and I got to go into the cat penalties and the dog demerits because obviously uh, each species has its own um, you know pluses and negatives okay let's talk about dogs well dogs are certainly more I, I don't want to say useful than cats. They they have more utility than cats. That's what I meant. To, what I mean to say, like I mean, dogs have been bred to uh, herd sheep, to hunt for certain animals, to uh, help corral, uh, you know, ranching and stuff like that. And, you know, there's been that. Um, you know, there's been there's more utility in dogs or guard dogs and stuff like that. And they can actually, you know, they're loud enough to you know scare away intruders and. Yeah, that's certainly um, what dogs have more of advantage of than cats. I'm not saying cats are useless. I mean, cats are have been used for centuries to uh, guard places away from mice or uh, chase away wild animals. In fact, if you ever read up on these articles, all these cats that are around uh, roam around outside, even if they have a home to sleep at, they keep the yard away from you know wild other animals, wild cats too. But at the same time, dogs do seem to have some more utility than uh, cats, and especially with the guard uh, dog duty. I mean, um, cats will probably are a lot more subtle when coming to their guard duties. But 
At the same time, dogs do have uh, their uh, disadvantages over cats. I mean, they are more, they, they do require a lot more maintenance, especially if they're uh, bigger dogs full of energy and you live in a small space like me. I live in a single room apartment. It's perfect size for me, to be honest, because it's easier to clean. But, you know, as much as I love dogs, this is not the right place for a dog. I mean, and I'm not home all the time. I have to work or I have to do other stuff. And, you know, if you live in an apartment and you work all the time, I think having a dog might be too much to ask, especially if it's a larger breed of dog that requires a lot of, you know, movement, especially my favorite uh, breed, the Border Collie, which we'll all discuss in greater detail a little bit later on because they need to stay active or else they, well, get overweight. Well, man, right now I'm not in a good situation for a dog. I do want a dog. I do want a dog. But not right now. And that's where the cat comes in. Cats are pretty low maintenance. They usually take care of themselves. They're usually a lot less noisy, noisier than dogs. And living in an apartment building, having a barking dog would just probably get on people's nerves. Not saying cats are not noisy. My cat, Foxy, you probably heard in the background, was just shuffling around near her cat pan. And she can periodically go, you know, like that. But... Uh, they're pretty quiet too and they're also pretty um, small too so there's not like a big lack of room for the cats or you know I'm not saying dogs are not small either but you know what I mean anyway uh, you probably heard her right there yeah she's gonna be free roaming around this episode I mean this is her place too (laughs) is that right Foxy okay human Ooh, which I touch on you know growing up I gotta touch on this you know growing up I didn't have a lot of friends to talk to, and you know my siblings. You know, we didn't we didn't always get along. So, you know, to find solace, I would talk to my cats and dogs. And I know a lot of people who do this. A lot of pet owners they talk to their cats or dogs in voices. You know, kind of like a baby voice. I don't do that as much as I did. I don't ne- nearly do it as much as I did when back in the day. But I still talk to my cat. Like I pretend she's talking to me. You know. Because she has such a personality, she demands a, a voice, and she's like, right now I'm petting her, she's like, hello human, I hear you're talking about me. And I do apologize if my cat voice is kind of annoying. I know uh, certain people might find that, you know, kind of grating to hear somebody talk in a different voice, but it's better than me just saying, hello human, you're, I see you're talking about me, I see you're petting about me, and they relate. they would be like, Somebody would overhear me and be like, what is wrong with you? But no, I've done this for years. I mean, mean, it's a great way, you know, to have a friend. And cats and dogs, they have their own personalities. And I think it would just do them no justice to have uh, no speaking voice for them, you know, when you're talking about them or when you're hanging out with them, you know. Anyway. And, uh, well, I love pets, I love animals a lot, and so I also wanted to talk about this episode because I do read a lot of stories about cute pets on the news, on my, or not on the news, on my show, because, well, there's so much uh, crazy bitterness and cruelty in the world, we need to have something cute to talk about. And I am the type of guy, I am not, uh, you know, embarrassed to say, ah, that's adorable, because things are adorable. I'm not saying I like 
uh, cutesy cutesy things like pink princesses and ponies and stuff like that. I mean, if I if I see like an adorable picture or a cat of a cat or dog on like on social media, I will share it because you know the world needs that. The world needs just positive images like that, and also I need that. You know, it's a great therapy to just see all the furry. Uh, you know, all the furry little critters doing their thing, or scaly critters, which we'll touch on in just a, uh, later on in this segment. But at the same time, there has been a downside to, you know, trying to find some cool stories to talk about cats or dogs on the air is that you just, when you type in cat news, dog news to find some cool stories, you are just overwhelmed with just stories of, let's just face it, just assholes treating uh, their dogs and uh, treating dogs and cats horribly and I like I said at the beginning of this episode I was going to drop some language because it it just irritates me it's always irritated me how people can just mistreat animals like this and and some would say well someone might comment well you said you're a meat eater you don't like animals I was like yeah screw you no <laughs> I believe you can eat meat uh, foxy eats meat, dogs eat meat, and you can still believe in the ethical treatment of animals. You know, there's uh, there should be no uh, if uh, and or there should be no uh, no black and white on this issue. I mean, there's got to be some, you know, there can be some um, agreement on both sides on this issue, and I I don't want to get controversial about that, but I just have to mention that. But no, anyway. I have to, you know, looking up these stories, try to find some good stories about cats and dogs, and you just hear story, you just find these stories of people abusing dogs, abusing cats, and I understand not everybody's going to like cats or dogs. I know a friend of mine who's allergic; she doesn't like cats, but that's because she's allergic. She doesn't want to see them hurt, though, and I understand that. I totally understand that. Or somebody who doesn't like dogs because they got uh, attacked by a dog or something like that. But no, I, just seeing all these stories of people abusing animals just just frankly pisses me off. And, you know, I've over the years I've heard somebody say something like, well, yeah, cats and dogs dying is sad, but it's not as bad as a human life, which I, you know, somebody, uh, some human dying, which I have to say I disagree when it comes to the subject. When I read stories of people getting arrested for, uh, torturing or killing a dog or cat for no reason at all, good reason at all, I'm just like, no, those people's lives are not as important as the dogs or cats. The dogs and cats, I would easily uh, replace them with uh, with the cats or dogs they just murdered, you know. It's a very emotional subject, but I just have to talk about it because, well, as you can tell, I hate these pieces of shit people who do that to dogs and cats, so... Sorry about that if I sound uh, too angry in this episode, but it's more sadness than anger because it's always been this way. I've always hated watching movies where the dogs or cats uh, die because, you know, cats and dogs were big friends of mine back in the day. And I didn't like people, you know, hurting them or mocking them or making fun of them. I remember one time on a bus, uh, some kids were, you know, some like kids I guessing in retrospect look pretty sociopathic we're talking about hurting cats and i'm just like no don't do that but at the same time i am pretty realistic i mean 
Uh, you can't, I have always be nonviolent towards the dog or cat. Like if a dog is hurting somebody, you know, uh, whether they're rabid or not, or if there's a cat that's, uh, attacking your small, uh, poultry or your eggs or something like that. And, you know, you got to defend your farm and stuff like that. I understand that there has to be some, uh, there are some exceptions to the rule, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just mad at these people who torture cats and dogs or just kill them for no reason you know anyway now let's talk about okay i just had to i just needed to talk about that because you know it's always been a big thing for me anyway okay now we got to talk about some hall of famers how about that let's lighten up the mood talk about some hall of famers of the pet world for me you know the cats and dogs have always made a big impression on me and i gotta start off with whiskers Whiskers was the cat my mom got me, I think it was in second grade, a big striped white cat, and I, you know, he was a pretty big kitty, not like totally chonky, like you would see in some of these viral pictures, but he was a pretty big kitty, but at the same time, I was kind of in denial, I was trying to say, you know, if people called, if people at home said, Whiskers is fat, I'm like, no, he's skinny, he's skinny to the bone, like, I don't know why I said that, but I was maybe just in a denial, maybe little self-conscious about myself, but, you know, he was my buddy. He was my buddy, Whiskers, and still is with me to this day, you know, lots of reference to Whiskers. Don't remember him uh, clearly as much as I do some other uh, animals, but I still do. All right, well, I got, well, I talked about Whiskers as a cat, but there's got to be a dog that's impacted your life, right, Jason, you might ask? Oh, totally. Then came Summit. Well, Whiskers passed away in my in the house fire that uh, burned down the house I grew up in when I was 17. And then uh, a year after we finished building the house, my mom's uh, best friend had a sheepdog named Summit who got hit in the head by a sheep and then became afraid of sheep, so he couldn't do his job anymore. He was like six years, six or seven years old at the time, and he's, uh, he came to live with us in retirement. And he originally started out as my dad's dog. He lived outside in the barn. And then when I, this was back when I was in the year, first year after high, uh, high school, I was in, living at home, you know, attending Ridgewater College. And, uh, well, someone was originally my dad's dog. And then um, because I had to take care of him when my dad was out doing his uh, work, um, I think Summit really became my dog because I would play with him and he would give me these big hugs and we hang out all the time. Oh, sorry about that. That is uh, actually, the that was my cat. She just tried to nudge over the microphone stand and I'm not going to edit that out because it does tie into pets, you know, and how they can drive you crazy. But anyway, getting back to Summit, uh, you know, he was just this absolutely great dog. Um, he did try to herd the other cats heard H-R-E-D, you know, because he was a sheep dog and that instinct never goes away. And he'd just stare at the cats to get them to move. And most of the cats would be like, nah, you cannot do that to us, dog. And so, but he was my best friend for a long, long time and until he passed away at about um, uh, when he was like 13 years old in 2013. I think that's how old he was. But no, he had a stroke and he was... Um, getting old and you know the first stroke wasn't so bad but then the second stroke well well 
it, it really hurt him and you know he, we didn't want him to be in any more pain so we had to put him down and um that's the thing that's something you know you know changed about me with him uh, because of him is because i used to hate uh like i said i used to hate seeing cats or dogs in pain or dying on tv i would cry a lot if they ha- if that happened but I guess uh, Summit, you know, me just taking care of an older dog and just him, you know, being going through those health troubles of, you know, the strokes, I guess I gotten used to it. And I'm not saying I'm not sad at it at all. You would have to be some sort of monster to not feel sad about it. Um, you know, you just accept that this is a part of life. And yeah, and I still miss Summit every day, but uh you know, if it back, I would be like, probably if I was like 15 years old, I would probably be just uh, so heartbroken. I would just, you know, uh, move somewhere and never see anybody again or never want to have another dog again. But actually, it's because of him that if someday when I, when I get my big home and I have somebody and I have my own family, you can help take care of him and, you know, share with him. I would want to have another Border Collie because he was so awesome. He was my buddy. Okay, speaking of buddies, now we got to get back into cats. And a lot of you know, if you follow me on social media, I have drew pictures on J-Art. I have shared pictures all the time of Klaus. And Klaus was an outdoor cat that my dad knew. Um, he was just as chill as can be, and he was not afraid of being around humans when he was living out in the barn. In fact, his name was originally Claus because he would get out my, on my dad's shoulder on his winter coat with his claws and just hang around kind of like a parrot and, you know, just be his outdoor buddy. And then that eventually became Klaus, or the full title, Count Klaus von Kitty Cat, because he looked like a German count, you know, big, uh, rugged, uh, barn cat and then when the fire happened he was living outside and then we brought him inside and he acclimated to living inside perfectly i think he just was like i don't want to live outside anymore i want to have a family i want to be loved and i want to you know just lay around and do stuff you know why want to why would you want to go back out to the barn i guess if, from his perspective if you got this nice warm home with people to take care of you and pet you you know and even though he did live a hard life as a barn cat, you know, I would think that would make him a little antisocial. I don't remember Klaus being ever antisocial to humans, even to the little kids, uh, to my nephews. Um, you know, that's the thing uh, with little kids. You know, they don't try to be mean to the dogs or cats, but they can overstimulate them. They can make the cats or dogs, you know, hiss or try to bite them. And I was, I'm not an, an exception to this case. I remember there were times I should have treated the dogs and cats better too. But Klaus was always just chill and calm and he was just, just totally awesome. And that's why um, to this day, if I say uh, one human is particularly pot, uh, particularly awesome, I would say they're Klaus level awesome because Klaus was, to me, he's like Yoda and the Dalai Lama in cat form, just absolutely chill and content and zen. And also just very affectionate, too. Remember when I lived at home, uh, you know, during college, and I would get up, wake up on the side of the bed to put on my pants, and he would just uh, come up to me, up on the side of the bed. He would just go, meow. And then he want me to pet him, and I'd pet him. He was just 
absolutely uh, loving. He wasn't shy. He wasn't standoffish or anything like that. I mean, well, that's one of you know that's one of the stereotypes that people have about cats is that they can be standoffish, which is seventy-five percent true. I've known quite a few cats that are pretty standoffish, but then again, I've also known some dogs that are pretty standoffish, particularly uh, my grandma's old dog sassy uh pomeranian she loved grandma and grandpa but she wasn't a fan of kids and you know she just wasn't a lot of fun to be around so and i'm guessing there's some other snooty dogs or other dogs who are just like meh i don't want to do if you uh, regardless of breed but you know i think it has it's uh it's all on a case-by-case basis personality wise because klaus is cert- was certainly a friendly cat he loved everybody didn't start he didn't uh, really start fights but he sure finished them with other cats but otherwise he was just a uh, he was just so wonderful anyway um, he passed away at the age grand old age of 17 and well he's been gone in four years now this april but he still lives on in my heart and i like to think he still lives on in the force star wars reference <laughs> because he would be a jedi kitty and now we got to talk about my cat, Foxy, who, you know, just gave us a little trouble by trying to knock over the uh, phone stand. And I'm not going to edit that out because, I, like I said, I wanted this, uh, these episodes to be free-floating as much as possible, you know, just right rolling out of my head. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what Foxy does. She likes to tip things. As so do a lot of kitties. I see all the memes and the cartoons of kit, uh, cats, you know, knocking stuff off the shelf. And certainly with dogs, too. I've seen dogs do that, too. But, well, how did Foxy get here? Well, you remember that uh, time back in 2012 when I had that tr- uh, really dark time? And it was shortly after, about a week after that, that my mom decided that, you know, Jason, you need to take, you need to have somebody to take care of, somebody to be around. And that was Foxy. We got her as a kitten at the shelter. And uh, for a while, she was with us. And um, then when I moved off to Morris, I didn't have a place where I could put her. And so, um, well, this uh, comes into a story that I'm not particularly too proud of, but I was taking care of a cat, an older cat from my mom, uh, mom's coworker. And uh, I accidentally uh, created a moment where the cat came into contact with the mom's dogs because I left the door open. Um, this was back in 2013. And the dogs, well, they attacked her. They didn't uh, like hurt her physically too much, but they stressed her out so bad that she, you know, she eventually died from it. And, you know, I was really bummed and really sad that that, that happened. And so my mom said, you know, because of this, maybe Jason, maybe uh, Foxy would want to live with her. And, you know, I'd be like, yeah, maybe Foxy would, you know, be happier, you know, because Foxy wasn't too happy with all the other cats living in my mom's house. You know, they were picking on her. They were mean to her. And so she would like, yeah, maybe Foxy would just like to be with somebody who, you know, just has her, you know, because Foxy to this day is still a one cat cat. She can't really stand being around other cats. Not so much dogs. Uh, she just can't stand being around cats because um, she's had some bad experiences with cats. So, yeah, I, I said, yeah, and it's the least I can do to make up for that cat. Uh, what happened to that? My mom's co-worker's cat. So Foxy moved away and she lived with her for a while. And then she had to move away. And 
she couldn't take Foxy with. And so in 2016, when I was at my place in Morris, where uh, the old place and here, I'm allowed to keep Foxy. Well, my mom said, you should take Foxy back. She will remember you. And she did, you know. And we've been here ever since, me and her. And I'm not saying life with her is always perfect. I mean, she could be stubborn. She could be very needy. And she can also, you know, get in trouble by leaving messes on the floor. But, you know, that's the same with any pet, you know. And uh, she, you know, she could be very loving, too. And, you know, every day when I leave for work, I say, I'll see you later, sweetie, because I call her sweetie. And then I would come back and be like, hey, sweetie, you know, and she'd be like, eh, what are you doing? Why are you so late, human? <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's just nice to have somebody to talk to, you know, even though I know I know she's not really talking to me. Don't think I'm going crazy or anything. But, you know, that's the wonderful thing about a cat or a dog. You can talk to them. They won't judge you and or anything like that. I mean. Um, they don't have, they're not cynical, they're not manipulative, or, well, they're not that manipulative like humans can be. Uh, eh, she could be manipulative. Oh, I do remember this one time, uh, she wanted me to pay attention to her, so it was at my old place, I was at my computer desk, and she dipped her paw in, into her water dish and then ran up onto my desk, and with a wet paw, she held it up and she went, she flicked it in front of me. You know, the water into my face because she wanted to have some, have some attention, you know. So, yeah, she can be a little manipulative like that. But my point is she's not like, you know, truly insidious or, you know, cats and dogs are not like humans. They, you know, they can manipulate you, but it's usually because they just want some food or attention. It's not for more evil reasons. Anyway, now we got to talk about other pets like turtles, snakes, and other pets, and you know, or, or fish. I mean, uh, we've had actually had some goldfish when I was younger, but I remember wanting to pet the goldfish. I accidentally let it out and flopped around on the floor and uh, went under a, like some sort of cabin and it died. So, to me, fish. It, it's uh, a little blurry on whether they're a pet or not because you don't actually pet them, but at the same time. You know, maybe they are somebody's friend or they're just, you know, really cute creatures to have in this world, you know. And I don't begrudge anybody wanting fish because, you know, looking at fish at a tank, they're pretty cool. As for turtles and snakes, well, somebody would be like, eh, how can you pet a turtle or snake? You'd be surprised at uh, some of the things I found online of people with their pet snakes or turtles that they, they're pretty, um, actually, they can be pretty um, friendly. They can be pretty affectionate. In fact, uh, a Instagram pro, uh, Instagram profile I follow, it's called Tilly G the tortoise. And it's a tortoise who lives out West and not only interacts with her, its human family, but also the dog family and her, uh, the dog, uh, the turtle, I guess is a guy. Well, he, he's his best friend is a little chihuahua and it's just adorable. So I know those scaly creatures do have, you know, softy hearts. They can have softy hearts too, just like a cat or a dog or a ferret or rabbits. Got to mention those. I have nothing against them. Just not as big a fan with rabbits because rabbits are too skittish and they're just like, eh, eh. I mean, you're not kind of, you're cute, but you're not too much fun, are you? 
And that's the same with ferrets, although I don't begrudge them either, but they do smell weird. Ugh. Anyway, so, yeah, and, well, I may be talking about dogs and cats throughout the majority of this episode, but this is just about pets and how they can just help people, especially kids on the spectrum, because they can be friends, they can help calm them down, they can be protective, you know, like if they're out and walking the dog and some, some jerk kid came up to bully them, the dog could be like, roof, roof, roof. Or stuff like that, you know, because they can do that or they can help or be the superhero, so to speak. At the end of a long day, they come up and they lay on your lap and they're like, here I am, human. Just here I am. Just pay attention to me. I'll take away your troubles, you know. Okay, and we're going to go in a couple more segments in this episode because we're running a little late. And now we got to talk about exotic pets. And I know the idea of having an exotic pet like something from Africa or Asia would just be would just be totally awesome, but at the same time, you know, you got to think conservation-wise. I mean, a lot of these pets are in danger. A lot of these pets are losing their homes uh, due to um, human encroachment. So I don't think it's a good idea to take uh, exotic pets away or so they could be a danger to you or to your pets, like either physically like a like a tiger or something like that, or maybe they carry diseases. So I think the idea of having an exotic pet is cool. I mean, back when I was a kid, I pretended like I had a pet rhinoceros, but at the same time, it's just like when you grow up, you realize, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that, uh, especially if the if the animal's endangered. I mean, you know, if it's like a more run-of-the-mill, more uncommon animal, that, that wouldn't be so bad. And But, you know, if it's an endangered animal, probably just stay away from it unless you are – um, you know, a certified breeder, you know, watching Tiger King, so to speak, you know, you think that they're doing this, you know, for conservation reasons, for the love of the animals, but for some of these people, it's just about money and stuff like that and just status symbols. So yeah, try to ref- uh, refrain from exotic pets because um, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, having something, whoa, look at this, you know, something cool for people to stare at. Okay, and then let's wrap it up on this subject for pets. Um, this is, goes out to everybody. You know, if you want to get a pet, I suggest going to a shelter first because there are so many cats and dogs across the country that are shelter pets. They need homes, and I think most everybody would agree on. It. I don't think anybody would just uh, get any uh, get upset for me saying that. And also, and I'm not saying you can't go to a breeder for a certain pet. Like, I mean, you need a certain breed of dog. You can't find that dog in a shelter. Like, if you need a sheep dog, well, that, go ahead, go to a sheep dog. But also try not to go to these uh, puppy mills, you know, where they just breed the animals and, you know, go to some place that's reputable reputable and if you want and if you don't have the time for a young puppy i would suggest getting a senior dog because um you know a lot of they they learned a lot of stuff over the years and they're probably more user friendly and uh, you probably don't have to worry about them as much uh in fact my uh, co-worker brett when he's i knew he had a dog for a while but then when i met the dog in person i'm like oh he's a big puppy he's like oh no he's like eight years old he's like Oh, eight years old, and then it came. I immediately was like, "Oh, that makes sense." Senior dog, or middle-aged dog, so to speak, because they are easier to take care of than puppies, and also uh, because uh, these dogs, uh, the older dogs, tend to be overlooked when it comes to adoptions. And you know, why not um, give these older dogs uh, something 
to, um, you know, someplace nice to have, you know, in their last years. Because I'm not saying don't get puppies. Absolutely get puppies. But if you don't have the time for a puppy or the patience or the place to have a puppy, might want to go with a senior dog. Anyway, uh, I know this is a weird way to talk about pets on this episode, but I just uh, I had to cover this ground. And I, once again, if people think I was being too angry about the talking about all those people who abuse uh, dogs and cats and other pets, then well, I'm sorry, but that's just how passionate I am and just how little I think of those people. Because, um, like I said, I've always had cats and dogs as friends, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me that they would think that these people, that the dogs and cats' lives are more, or their lives and their safetyhood are more important than these creeps who are jerks who just do this to these animals, you know, for no reason. And and like I said, not because uh, not not because the dogs or cats were, you know, being dangerous or acting feral or maybe sick. I'm talking about if they were, um, I'm talking about if they were like um, attacking like. Uh, somebody they like somebody in their family or maybe it's a feral cat attacking their chickens well that's different i i know now i know enough now that that there's never there's going to be sometimes where you got to defend somebody or something and you just can't always be you know completely coexisting you know it's a hard lesson but it is a lesson in the world and especially growing up you know, because back in the day, I'd be like, no, leave them alone, because I love dogs and cats so much, you know. Anyway, well, that's just a little introduction about how cats and dogs had lived on me. I was hoping for a little more time for Foxy, you know, just be here and be like, hello, humans, on this recording. I am talking to you. Well, uh, yeah, she's just roaming around doing her thing, so... Just going to let her finish out with that. And we're going to finish out this episode with a song from the animated classic, The Aristocats. Uh, anybody who's seen that, there's a song that's called Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. And I'm be like, uh, somebody who listens to this episode doesn't like cats is like, no. But I think it's a cute song. You know, we started off this episode with, how much is that puppy in the window? Well, we got to do it with cats, you know. And also, if I don't... I know we can't squeeze in too many more songs for, like, turtles and stuff like that. But, oh, by the way, I for, oh, one more thing. I do love turtles a lot, and I would have a pet turtle, but at the same time, having a cat, that probably would be, you know, not a good idea. Also, no uh, real room for one of those, um, um, what is it, cages for the turtle. And, you know, they're not... You know, you know, I love turtles from afar, but you got to admit, they're not as fun pets as dogs or cats. So probably not going to have a turtle as a pet, but I've made my peace with that. I'll still always be their fans. All right. Okay, let's wrap it up. Here is the Aristocats with Everybody Loves to Be a Cat, as we talked about pets on this episode of Jason's Journal. And once again, I know this is a little too soon after the last episode, but hey, I follow my own schedule because if I wanted to do things on a rigid schedule, I would just be, I don't know, I just it just wouldn't be so much fun. I wouldn't be so much fun, and it wouldn't be so much fun. Okay, 
So I'll try to shoot for next Wednesday, uh, for Wednesdays with new episodes. I just put out Wednesday because, you know, that's the more of the lull in the week for the work week for me. But if I have an idea, I'm going to run with it, get it produced as soon as I can and send it out to you. Hopefully these episodes do make you smile. And thanks all for everybody um, following me on uh, Instagram and Facebook, all the likes and all the positive feedbacks on the episodes. I'll try to uh, try to outdo myself in more episodes in the future. Anyway, now let's get out to the music to finish off Jason's journal. I'm Jason Hokum. I'll see you guys later. Take it, everybody, from the Aristocats. Everybody wants to be a cat Because a cat's the only cat Who knows where it's at Tell me everybody's picking up on that feline beat Cause everything else is obsolete I wouldn't you Square with a horn makes you wish you weren't born Every time it plays But with a square in the act you can set music back to the game and they I've heard some corny birds who tried to sing. Still a cat's the only cat who knows how to swing. But the dick long head dick stuff like that. When everybody wants to be a cat, a square with a horn makes you wish you weren't born. Every time he plays, oh, a ranky dinky Swing